All right, so I'm Josh Washington. I'm a youth pastor here at City Church. And I'm going to ask you a question. How many of us picked up a really bad habit in 2020 being at home for five months? Right? Probably raise your hand. Most of us picked up a bad habit doing something. But a lot of us picked up the same bad habit. And that was watching way too much Netflix. Right. So we all would go at night. So if you have kids, you already know at the end of the day, you're like, when are my kids going to go to the room or when are they going to go to bed so that me and my wife, Lauren, we could watch Netflix. And oh, yeah, we made a baby, too. Whoops. Sorry about that. So that's what happened. Yes. So we had a new a new baby come through quarantine. Yes, we're married. So I don't know people say, oh, it was an accident. We're married. I don't know how it was an accident. So anyways, but we had a new baby over quarantine, but the show that we watched that most people probably watched was The Crown. Now, The Crown has season five coming out very, very soon, but we would snuggle up and we would watch episode after episode of Queen Elizabeth being a life having as the Queen of England. But there's one crazy scene where she is being coronated as the Queen of England, and she is taking on her crown as the Queen of England. Now, she is probably the most popular queen or king probably ever in the history of life, but today we are going to read about a king who is being put on the throne and how it is so important for, for his coronation to be a part of me or you. So I want you to go ahead and and open up our app, the City Church Lubbock. We're going to follow along. That's the best way because I know we've had a week of food and football. The Cowboys lost. I've been sick. So it was just a bad couple days for me because I was like, Lord, my Cowboys lost. I've got a cold. My kids are throwing up. My son's potty training. He's running around the house naked. I mean, it's just been a crazy week. So I'm just with you. So I need a little help follow along. But I want to go ahead and give you the big idea for today is there is freedom in the kingdom. Now, I love Jacob. He did a great job last week in Psalm 1. Now, the Psalms are an introduction to the rest of the Psalm. Well, today we're going to be in Psalm 2. Now, it's one of the first of the royal Psalms, and that means how the kings of Judah would relate in saying, God, now I've become a king, so i become an adopted son of Yahweh, and so this is how they would read Psalm 2. How do I relate to God? But now we read it in 2021. It is a messianic reading that points to Jesus. Psalm 2 is one of the most popular psalms in the whole book because it points to Jesus. Now, Psalms, okay, so they're just a bunch of, of uh, words of David and and some other guys crying out to God, being honest, being relatable. So it's always reading this. You can say you can do whatever you want with God. You can say what you want to God. He is big enough for your cries. He is big enough for your complaints. You can go to the Father just like David and all these other guys did. Now, we've been asking some of our people to come up and read. But here's what I'm going to do for you today because it's still a little bit of a Thanksgiving break. So we've been asking you to stand for the Word of God and we want to show the Word of God reverence and worship. But I'm going to give you a small break because there's four readers today, four of my favorite people. So I don't want you to be in here doing squats, right? Up, down, up, down, 
up, down. So I'm going to let you just sit today and relax and hear the word of God. But I want to welcome up our first reader. This is my guy. He can do flips. So this is our first reader. Come on up. I'm letting him introduce himself. Hello, guys. I'm Memphis Williams. And uh, today I'll be reading Psalms 2, um, 1 through 3. Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains. They cry and free ourselves from the slavery of God. Good job, bro. Good job. All right. Y'all get up for him. It's nervous up here. I'm telling you, it's hard. So here's our first takeaway from today is we don't want the king. So in the original context of this scripture is non-Israelite nations were saying, we want to break off from the Davidic dynasty, right? So King David had these, his kings and God promises that his rule would never end. But somehow in this time, these non-Israelite nations are now asking, how can we break off from Yahweh and his anointed one, Jesus, the Messiah. So, so there's been some kind of, of kind of rift here of now we're tired of God's commands, tired of his chains. And they say, let us break off from that. What well, sounds real familiar right now in 2021. So many of the people that you are associated with don't want anything to do with the king. So many of us want nothing to do with God's commands and we want to live our own lives saying, I can be my own God. So many of us, whether you're listening or watching online or wherever you are, a lot of us have got into this new age movement saying, I can do it my own way. I can make myself happy and that couldn't be further from the truth. So many of us have said, how can I be happy? job or my money or my girlfriend or my boyfriend or my wife or my husband. None of those things will bring you satisfaction, only the king. But so many of us don't want that, including myself sometimes. I'm like, there's got to be another way to do these things, but always God brings me back to him. I am the only way. All right, now I love basketball, right? I always talk when I'm up here, I talk about basketball. I played at Tech, all this kind of stuff for Bobby Knight. But Long time ago when I first became a Christian, right, I was real fresh in my walk with Jesus and I was all about posting on social media every 15 minutes, God is good and all this other kind of stuff and hallelujah on Facebook and we've all been there. But I was having a basketball camp. Remember, I was very fresh in my walk. And so we're doing the basketball camp and it's little kids and we're doing crafts and I'm like, hey, I want you to go home and I want you to write down your favorite Bible verse on a craft piece of paper, so I'm gonna give it to you. And I want you to bring it back to me the next day. So make a long story short, all these little kids, probably 25 kids are coming in and are reading like John 3.16, John 3.16, John 3.16. Because that's all everybody knows, right? If you don't know that one, you need to go read it because that's the only one everybody knows. John 3.16. So these kids are reading it. Then I see this mom waiting in the corner over here in the gym. Now I know this mom, I grew up with this person. And she says, Josh, can I talk to you for just a second? And I said, yeah, of course. She says, I just want you to know that I didn't appreciate this craft because we don't do God in our house. 
Now I'm real fresh, so I'm like, what you mean you don't do God in your house? And she's like, we have already kind of broken that tradition in our home. We want our kids to grow up with a choice of what they want to follow and who they want to follow. And immediately right there, my heart was crushed because I was like, I really believe that, that it's, it's the way that God is the way. But she had already decided for her children that they were not going to follow God. She was ready to break off the chains of God and his anointed one. All right, now in the Proverbs, it says this in Proverbs. It says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. But fear is not being afraid of God. I think the mom was afraid that if my kids follow God, they're gonna be these weird homeschool kids or whatever it is. And that's just not the case. The word fear there means awe, reverence, submission, worship, actually worshiping the living God who, who, who pursues us every day of our lives. Now, why is this so important for us? Because when you encounter the living God, everything changes for you. As soon as you encounter a God who you know loves you, who sent his son Jesus to die for you, it's no longer rules. It's no longer religion. It's no longer anything except what can I do to serve this living God? It drops you to your knees. It drops you and says, I worship you. I submit to you. I'm in awe of you. I put my hands up because you're holy and I'm not. That is not something that says, oh, I have to do this. It's so important because wherever you're listening to this, if you're not a Jesus follower inside here, if you're not a follower of Jesus, he is saying to you, you may not want, the, you may not want nothing to do with me, but I'm going to continue to pursue you. Some of us don't want that, but he wants that for you. And he will continue to pursue you because he loves you. So many people in today's world want nothing to do. We can see it all around us in schools, in the government. Now, I'm not a political party person, but there's so many things that we should be praying for so that our children grow up knowing who God is. It's a very important decision. When you say, like the mom said, she said, we don't do God in our house. I continue to pray for that mom for a while. And you may be listening to this somehow. That mom may hear this. And the God who you want nothing to do with is pursuing you today. All right, we're going to welcome up our next reader. Come on up, girl. I'm Silas Williams, and I'll be reading Psalms 2, 4 through 6. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. For the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne, in Jerusalem on my holy mountain. Good job, girl. All right, yeah. All right, so... Our second takeaway is this, we have a king. Now, I've got a two-year-old son, and I love him to death. But the terrible twos are like a real thing, okay? Like, it's, it's something where 
He really is, and by the way, right, so he's potty training, so he's been running around our house naked, like I said, all week long. Like, we picked up our carpets, I gotta go potty, going on. He took a, he took a poop on the floor twice. I'm like, oh, Jesus, help us. My goodness, what is happening? But he got it the other day and is making some progress. He's in class right now. Hopefully, he hasn't gone in his pants. But anyways, so he is starting to do something where he says very clear, Daddy, leave me alone. Okay, his sweet little voice is like, Dang, I want you to leave me alone. And I'm like, what was that again? Daddy, leave me alone. And I'm like, you know, I'm laughing. I'm like, because he thinks that he is in control. He thinks that he's the one who is the king of the house. And he throws himself down and he's crying. And I'm like, dude, and I'm laughing. You have no idea what you're doing. Now you need to go to your room, all right? He thinks that he is the one that makes the rules. And he thinks by doing those things, he's going to get his way. But he's going to realize very soon and hopefully already that daddy is the king of the house. That I'm the one that sets the boundaries. That I'm the one that sets things in motion for his good. Because I love him. It's the same thing that God is saying for us he is saying that I have placed my chosen king on my holy mountain. We have someone that is actually above us. Someone that we are supposed to submit to. And in our lives, we must come to the realization that regardless of how we feel, God has placed a king who is in charge of us. It's hard to submit. I understand that. But because he loves us, he's done his... Now, for Luca, same thing. One day he's going to realize that it's because I love him. That there's rules and there's regulations and there's boundaries and there's curfews and there's cell phone checks. Because I love him, I'm going to protect him. It's the same thing that God has done for us by placing a king who is on his throne that is in control. Now, why is it so important that he's in control? Because the world we live in is wicked and evil. So many things you see around you on the news or wherever you read your news, in the paper, on your cell phone, on YouTube, wherever it is, every single day you can scroll through and find evil and find all the things that make you want to say, is there anything good about the world anymore? Is there anybody that really is trying to follow Jesus? But the Lord laughs because he's in control. And that's where you and I can find peace and we can look to him. Now, he's not laughing at your pain. He's not laughing at things you're going through. Just the past two weeks in my home, everybody in my house got sick. And we're crying out to God saying, man, with all these sinus infections, all these throat problems, all these things, God, where are you? Why can't my wife just get well? I know that God is in control. I know that the king is in control and we can live and have peace in that because he laughs at the wickedness. He laughs at the evil. Last week, Jacob talked about there are literally two kinds of people, the ones who are the godly and the ones who are the wicked. 
And because of what Jesus has done, he has given us a choice of which side we want to be on. Not because we're good enough, but because of his finished work on the cross, we can be godly people. We are seen righteous in the eyes of God. It's so important to understand this. Okay, let's welcome up our next reader. Come up, girl. That's a nice shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Bryson Laws, and I have verse, or Psalms 2, verse 7 through 9. The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Only ask, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possession. You will break them like with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. All right, good job, girl. All right, so our third takeaway is this. Jesus is the king. Jesus is the king. Now, in the original context, the kings of Judah were saying to Yahweh, this is how I'm going to relate to you as an adopted son. Today, I become your father. I'm a king of Judah. Now I'm an adopted son of Yahweh. But reading it in 2021, this is Jesus now having his coronation. He is taking the throne. The king said to me, the Lord said to me, today I have become your father. Jesus is in control. And he would have even heard this at his baptism. He goes down, he comes up, and he hears a voice from heaven. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Paul talks about it in Acts. He says this, he says, and now we are here to bring you this good news. The promise was made to our ancestors, and God has now fulfilled it to us. That's me and you. By raising Jesus, this is what the second psalm says about Jesus. You are my son. Today, I have become your father. This was fulfilled when Jesus died and rose from the grave, now giving us new life. He knew his mission, and he knew that he was the king. He knew that he was the one sitting on the throne and that he was sitting at the right hand of the Father because it was finished. It was done. At the end of his ministry, Jesus is also very clear about his authority. He says this in Matthew. He says this, Jesus came to his disciples and told his disciples, I, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Now, why? Why is this so important? Why is it important that Jesus knows who he is, that Jesus is the king? Well, we know here at City, we have the City 7. And we love the City 7 because it tells us what we believe and why we believe it. It's so important because we want to understand why are we coming to church on a Sunday when I could be sleeping or hanging out, or doing something else, and we want to understand this is what we believe and why we believe it. All right, well, City 7, number one, ask this. Who is Jesus? It says, I believe Jesus is God because Jesus said he was God and proved it by rising from the dead and appearing to his disciples, his brother James, 500 others at one time, and Paul. 
Jesus is God. We've said it over and over. Every week you come, I understand that you can be sleepy and tired, but we appreciate you coming to church even on a Sunday morning after the Thanksgiving break. But it means nothing if you don't believe and know that Jesus is God. Jesus is the only way to eternal life, like Brandon talked about. Every funeral that I've been to, you'll see guys sitting there getting uncomfortable because the pastor is always going to give a gospel presentation. He is always going to say, hey, if you're sitting here today and you don't know if you are here in this casket, give your life to Jesus and you'll see guys kind of like, you know, squirm and they look, all those kind of things because they know he's talking to them. But here's the problem. Those guys haven't come to the realization that Jesus is God and that he rose from the dead and that changes everything about our life. It changes the way that you do everything, the way you spend your money, how you raise your kids, what you do with your time. Everything hinges on the resurrection of Jesus. That's why it's so important. That's why our kids need to know it. Every week in City Youth and City Kids, they're learning the same thing of how we can know what we believe and why we believe it. So when they get to high school and when they get to college, they don't fall off like three-fourths of students do. That's the problem in today's world is so many people are saying, oh, the kids will be fine. No, they're not fine. It's, it's a problem. It's a problem when students walk away from the faith and start partying and start joining fraternities, sororities. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with joining a club for friendships. But when they start dying from overdoses and start dying from all the hazing and drinking too much, our students are dropping off like flies. And if they don't know that Jesus is God, nothing will change. That is our job at City Church is to teach students and for parents to equip you with the table talk and to equip you with things so that you as men, me, as a father, can lead Mila, Luca, and Jameson to Jesus. That's where we rely on the gospel. That's where we rely on the good news of Jesus changing us. All right, let's welcome up our last reader. Smooth, cool, such a cool guy. I love you. I'm Braden Laws, and I'm reading Psalms 2, verse 10 through 12. Now then, you kings, act wisely. Being warned, you rulers of the earth, serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal son, or he will become angry, and you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities. For his anger flares up in an instant, but what joy for all who take care, take refuge in him. All right, good job, guy. Good job, man. Okay, so here's our last takeaway. We will worship the king. We will worship the king. So many of us may see this as, ah, oh, just, yeah, I mean, that's a nice message. You did, you know, good job, man. And, and, and yeah, maybe back next Sunday. But here's the thing that I want you to understand. A very big statement. You will worship the king. The choice of how you worship the king will be up to you. You will worship King Jesus one day. 
The choice of how you do that is up to you because the scriptures say this, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess me, you, my kids, my wife, my parents, that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's such an important decision to follow Jesus because the scriptures are very clear that we all have an eternal resting place. That we will come before the judgment seat of God. And so many people don't like that word, judgment. It just means, what did you do with Jesus? All the time that he's pursued you, all the time that you sat church service after church service. Sunday, Wednesday, whatever you do, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But here's the best part. The very last part of that verse says, but what joy comes to those who take refuge in him, hiding place, hiding under the wings of Shaddai, hiding under the wings of the Most High, protecting us from harm and evil. Those are the ones who find peace, comfort. Those are the ones who find true happiness, which you know we're all looking for in life. True peace. Man, I love my family. But sometimes it gets a little crazy in my house. Three little kids running around, all kind of stuff, all these things. But there was one Friday night a couple weeks ago, everybody had gone to bed and I was like, hey, I'm just going to stay up and I'm going to just take some time. And so I started listening to YouTube and a song came on called Me and Little Miracles by Maverick City. It's a great song and my family. All right. So this is Lauren, my wife. Hi, baby. I love you. She's watching. This is Mila. This is the son who's potty trained, who's been running around naked for a week and a half. Luca. And this is JJ, our new baby. So the song has a part in it. It says, me and little miracles. One, two, three, four. I can't even count them all. So I'm listening and I'm trying to, I drop to my knees for some reason and I say, God, I just need to hear something from you. It had been a tough couple weeks. My house had been sick and the song kept saying, one, two, three, four, I can't even count them all. And I heard, I heard God say to me, he says, but look, you can count your me in little miracles. He said, one, two, three, four, you can count them all. And immediately I said, all right, the king has set me free. He has set me free from all the things that I thought I had ever wanted in life. He set me free from all the partying, all the drugs, all the hanging out, all those kind of things. And he said, look, Josh, because I set you free, look what you have, a family, a wife who loves you. A daughter who says, Daddy, will you sit with me? A son that runs up to me, yells at me, tells me to leave him alone, and I just laugh at him. And JJ, his smile, his smile, 
And he said, look, there's freedom. The king has set you free. Here's a big idea again. There is freedom in the kingdom, not a kingdom. It's not in money. It's not in your job. It's not in anything. I love Braden Laws. He's a great football player, but there won't be freedom in football. There'll be freedom in the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus preached over and over. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. One, two, three, four. I can count them all. Now, why is it so important for you and I? You may be looking to other things. His mercies are what? New every morning. You can start over today worshiping King Jesus and saying, whatever I've been giving my heart to, whatever I've been giving my life to, now I can submit that to the King. You may not have wanted the King. Then you realize we have a King. Then Jesus says, hey, I am the King. You can give your life to me. And you say, I'm going to worship the King. There is freedom in the kingdom of God. I invite you, if you've never, ever, ever given your life to Jesus, I know some of us in here have, but there may be somebody in here who has never said, Jesus, I've realized that today you are God. I've realized that today I want to submit my heart, submit my life, submit everything to you. I want to give you that opportunity today. You know, I say it, jump on the app, connect. We want to reach out. Or right where you're sitting, literally you can have an act of saying, here, here's what I've been worshiping, Jesus. Will you take it from me? Same thing, I'll let you into my life a little bit more. It's so important for me because my experience at Texas Tech was terrible. And every time one of my teammates who I played with always comes back to Lubbock for a standing ovation during halftime, or they're inducted into the Hall of Fame or the Ring of Honor, my soul was crushed all over again. Every time I see a Facebook post, you know, like Mikey Marshall and Ronald Ross and Jay Jackson and Dor all these guys I played with and I was sitting on the bench watching all of this, just being honest with you. And I have to check my own heart. Standing ovations at halftime, I've never gotten any of that. And the only way that I can live through moments like that is because my hope is in Jesus. My hope is no longer in basketball like it used to be. So I could say, hey, man, good job, congratulations. You deserve that ring of honor. You deserve that Hall of Fame. You had a great career here at Tech. Mine wasn't so great, but man, there's freedom in the kingdom. And I can give that to Jesus. And so God, I thank you for today. Help us to understand
that no matter where we are today, no matter where we're sitting, no matter what we're doing, there is freedom in the kingdom of God. Whatever we bring to you, you already knew we were bringing it to you. You already knew we were having a problem. You already knew we were worshiping something else besides you. But you say, hey, I knew, but I want you to give it to me. I want you to understand, look me in my eye, how much I love you. I know you like your job. I know you love your kids, but man, let me take control. I'm the king. Let Jesus have everything about your life. Holy Spirit, anybody sitting here today that's even just maybe having the nudge of giving their heart to Jesus, man, flood them with love right now. No matter what they've done, I don't care what they did last night, I don't care what they did this morning. Holy Spirit, flood them with love. Let them know that you see them and you have not forgotten about them. Everyone under the sound of my force, Jesus is King. We love you, Jesus. We ask and pray these things in your name, amen.